before we start. Good morning, Christopher. <laughs> What's that? Good morning, Christopher. Good morning, James. How was your week? Uh, I just so that was the kind of the thing I wanted to start off today before we started was this whole thing. I went to Chicago this week. Oh yeah, and I meant to ask you, but then I, I guess I wasn't that interested. <laughs> so I have a friend who I've known since college, and he's a really interesting guy, and I just love him to death. What he did is he worked for um, him and I actually worked together at a studio in Hollywood. Of course, I moved on to other stuff, and then he kept kept with it for years and he kept moving up so he worked for a company called ix entertainment then he finally worked it got a job at warner brother and then he got a, a job at hbo and he just kept going up and up and up on the scale and he, he had this great job where he was and he had a big department he was in charge of and then one day he just says uh this stinks i'm out of here and he went to where his family lives and bought his uncle's bar which from my understanding was kind of a crappy bar in the middle of a shitty neighborhood a dive hole yeah it was a dive it? it was a total dive and and i saw photographs of the type of people that, that were there they were like it was like uh out of a scene from you remember that movie uh dive bar not dive hole no it's a hole or a dive bar <laughs> yeah i got it barfly do you remember this movie barfly no does that sound like a movie i'd watch though i don't know maybe anyway so <laughs> i love this because i like the guy that you know the writer that it was based on anyways there's all these old drunks and alcoholics and then they mostly just sold like cheap liquor and chips and cigarettes and and it had it had an area you don't see these on the west coast as much but back east a lot of the bars have areas where you can buy liquor and and carry it out oh i did not know that and so this was one of those places. And there's not too many places, even even in communities that do have them, there's not that many, right? I mean, you have a liquor store, you have a bar, and then very few people combine them. So he converted this bar into this really cool, like, hipster. I mean, he got rid of all the junk, and he has this huge section of uh, just, like, the best scotches and whiskeys you don't really drink. Not, not really, as in none. <laughs> as in none. So, but I hear these things are important. You know, my father loves his 17-year-old single malt um, McCullen. McCullen? McCullen? Something with a Mac. Starts with a Mac. <laughs> so it's a scotch. Yeah. Sing, so, single malt. That's why I said single malt. Well, when I was I know kid, something about it. I just, you know. I, and I did try it one time. I, I actually, like, this, this stuff is supposed to be really good. So I like literally took a teaspoon and I started sipping it and I couldn't get through the first teaspoon. I like was gagging. See, I grew up on whiskey. So, like, whenever we were sick, my, my parents used to put the whiskey and the, and the lemonade and the tea and the honey together. Did you ever get that as a No. Favorite? So, I mean, and then even as a kid, I used to see, you know, my dad and I used to watch boxing all the time. And he would sit there with his Jack and Coke, you know, and we would sit there and eat chips, the Southwest thing. Or in Arizona, they have a thing called a cheese crisp. You know what that is. Oh, you just put the cheese on It's the- an open quesadilla. Yeah. I oh, never heard of it. No, yeah, I guess that is more of a Southwest thing, or it used to be. I don't know. It, no, it it's is. a cheese crisp is specifically an Arizona thing. Oh, like so. For example, is if you go to a Mexican restaurant in like Nevada and say, "Hey, can I have a cheese crisp?" They'll be like, "You're off. We don't have those. You're obviously from Arizona. <laughs> we will make you an open-faced quesadilla, which is not the same. It's just then it's a soggy. It's not crisp. It, the whole point of a cheese crisp is going to be. Crisp. I think they're crisp. Open case D is a crisp too. I mean, you put it in the oven, it's going to be crisp. I don't, yeah, I what, suppose. What, 
Unless you microwave it. Not, oh god. I don't know. I all I know I've ordered I ordered it outside Arizona and for whatever reason they don't have the ovens ready for it. And I was in Denmark one time. This was in the early nineties. You say Denmark? Yes. Okay. And we went to a Mexican restaurant, which was we went to because like there's a Mexican restaurant in Denmark and we were there and they were asking us how to make stuff. Which made sense because <laughs> the food was not really what you might say on the nose when it comes to Mexican food, uh, but I, I, would th- I was just thinking, yeah, okay, if there's one place that would probably use a microwave to make a cheese, cheese crisp, it was probably that one Danish restaurant. Well, just to take the story way off base, I remember many years ago driving up to Maine out in the middle of nowhere was this Mexican restaurant. Most people don't know this anymore, but once upon a time, you could hardly get Mexican food east of the Mississippi unless it was Taco Bell. When was that? Aging myself, 70s, Because I, I had a girlfriend in high school whose father owned a Mexican restaurant and you know, we were in New York. And how many other Mexican restaurants were around? I don't know. There were... Really? There weren't... I, I, don't, I don't remember. I don't really remember. Oh, man. That was embarrassing, though. <laughs> Jesus. I don't want to talk about it. <laughs> <laughs> you have to talk about it now. There's nothing to say. I was just, I was, I was a kid and I didn't know what I was doing. Uh, <laughs> you didn't know what you were doing what, James? Dating. Oh, dating. I was a bad dater. I was bad. I was a bad boyfriend. <laughs> I, was just, I was just bad at dating. Well, we're all, that's the whole thing is when you're a kid, you're always bad at it. Yeah, you got to get good. You got to do it There's before you get good at it. There are very few people that are good at it young. And when I they worry are, about the kids these days. They're sweethearts. I worry about the kids these days because everybody's so wound up about everything you do being a microaggression and there's no room for making a mistake well that's that's all that, that's because they live in a video world where everything's recorded going back to the mexican restaurant oh i'm sorry in fact i don't even remember how we got on the mexican restaurant thing uh oh, me. i talk about denmark because of soggy crisps oh, right. it's the only place i could imagine them making that well when i was in maine same thing i went to the mexican restaurant and then they served mexican restaurant food that i wasn't familiar with because mm-hmm. in arizona we get mostly Sonora Mexican food, which is completely different from the rest of the country. I am not a connoisseur, so I don't actually know the difference. Well, if you travel around Mexico, I'm like embarrassed to again. Thank time. you. <laughs> Anyways, so I went there, and and that was the first time I ever seen a Mexican restaurant like up in Maine before, and it was in the middle of nowhere. Now, how how we got on that tangent, I have no idea. But bringing it, pulling it back to another funny story. Okay, can we can do a follow-up though? Because yeah. there's something I'm a little embarrassed we didn't cover last week. Here. Okay, go ahead. Tell me what happened last week. No, not last week. It was actually now two weeks ago. Um, your wife had a car accident. I don't think we followed up on that. Just quickly. If it, it, I mean, it, I, I, I'm just wondering if she's alive uh, and if the car is inflamed. I don't know if you remember. What happened was is we had just recently bought a new car. Mm-hmm. And a, lo- a low-end Cadillac, as I recall. A low-end Cadillac, right. So I kept telling her, don't worry about the insurance. We have like 10 days about it. <laughs> she rarely takes my advice, but she did for some reason this wow, particular that is time. Wow. Hmm. So sure enough, she's on the freeway and she stopped because traffic was stopped. And then the guy behind her stopped, but the guy behind that guy did not stop. And you know, even the neck is kind of sore and she's not, you know, I don't know what's going on with her neck, but it was one of those things where you just get kind of a little pop and you're not sure if it was the accident or if you got tense or it's not a big deal as far as I can see, other than the fact that she's sore. But have you, have you been in an accident in the last like year and a half? No, not, it's been a long time now, thankfully. Yeah. How they do it now is insurance company. They want pictures of everything and Mm -hmm. everything's automated. So what they do is they send you like an email 
you press the little button and then what they what you do is you walk around your car and it tells you how to take pictures of your car and wow. you follow the directions so like first they'll ask you to show you where it's hit then they'll have you go part parts of the car that were never hit like first the wheels then this wheel then the top and they go through this whole thing and i have to tell you it's always the same you spend about 10 minutes maybe 15 minutes trying to get it all in the system and then when you press send what do you think happens uh, it goes through and you get a quote back and see. Wrong. It doesn't send. You have to do it all over again. It's almost like they want to see it twice, like they don't believe you. It's like, do it again. That's weird. It is weird because it happened to her twice because she's been in a two-fender. I guess they just now. have a, ba- a bad system. It's like the funniest thing. Um, there, several years ago, one of the uh, credit agencies, was it, I don't even remember what they were called now, Experion or something? No, that's something totally different. Yeah, is it? It's not. Is it? Okay. Uh, well, one of them got hacked, right? And so they oh, were no. off. Do you remember that? No, I don't. Oh, yeah. This is this is big news. So like, now they have every Maybe four or five years ago. I don't remember how long ago it was. It was a while ago. And uh, in response to that, I said, you know what? I'm just going to close down my, my my records. And and you can go in and lock your records so that nobody can run a credit check on you, which means that you, you can't take out a loan. But also nobody can run a credit check on you because people can run credit checks on you without your authorization. Whenever you know, I don't, they I used to do I that, you could do a lock on your own stuff. Oh yeah, see, this is the thing, but it would cost five bucks to do it. Oh, that's not much. Except for the no, all right, and, and I paid it years ago, so I don't care. But the company that got hacked said, "Oh, we'll do it for free." So that's kind of what got me kicked off. But the funny thing was, their system was so out of date that it didn't work. It's, or, or I shouldn't say it didn't work. I was able to lock my account, but then you're supposed to you be very careful and get this special number that you can use to unlock your account when you want to unlock it. And the process of getting that number the the website crashed and and it came up to the page like oh you know you have to call us between the hours of eight and five and this was outside the hours of eight and five so i left the page open and i said okay well i'll do it in the morning i'll call them and get the number whatever so in the morning i get up and i look at the page and the page has reloaded and it's like a 404 now so whatever number that i could could have called with a reference number is gone oh no which is it's like i'm thinking okay so what you've done mr credit union card whatever uh credit Credit checkers yeah you've locked me out of my account forever which is fine you know what i don't need you i just thought that was really funny and then i looked at the bottom of the page and again i don't remember what year it was but uh at the bottom of the page there's the copyright as to when you know the page was copyrighted oh what is it was like seven years old oh geez no wonder they had their problems yeah so and i was using safari and and at the time this was years ago so at the time i don't even you know, Safari now is a big thing. Well, no, it would be interesting is if you actually could get into your account as if it was never blocked. Uh, <laughs> Have you I'm ever checked it? pretty sure it's all blocked because my credit score is through the roof now. So I don't think anyone's running a credit check on me in like... So just by not having credit... Because you know there's all kinds of weird credit checks that people do without your permission. Uh, yeah, that's exactly my point. So, and, that, and that lowers your that lowers your score every time you get a credit check run. So they used to... I, I don't know if this is... I don't know how true this is, but it used to be the rumor that every time you drove up into a car dealership, they would run, they would take your license plate, get your get your name from DMV, and run a credit check. I've heard that, which is why we don't park on the lot usually, at least not this time. I kept trying to park off the street. You'd be surprised. I'm never surprised, but I think you could be surprised (laughs) if you were. How often people spy on? About a year ago, I come across. I'm always looking for job opportunities. You know, things to advance my career in some way or another. And I had seen this company down in Tempe and um, they were looking for somebody would, you know, it's a marketing person like me. And I thought, oh, I'll go check it out. You know, I walk in 
And it's obviously they're interviewing all kinds of kids that just out of grad school, you know, or not grad school, whatever. And here I come in, you know, aged yeah, <laughs> and in a pretty decent car, not in a beat up car, you know, and I walk in and do the whole interview and I, I realize this, this place is totally not for me and I, they probably wouldn't have me anyways. So I, I end the, uh, end the job interview kind of shortly on my terms. I'm like, Oh, this is very interesting, but no, thank you. Blah, blah, blah. And I walk out, the, you know, say my politeness and I walk out the door and there's this guy on one of these like uh hoverboards you know the kind of have you seen this was thing? a single wheel hoverboard or yeah, was, yeah. okay yeah and he's like just cruising around the parking lot and i didn't want to drive up in a high-end car and look you know look kind of like oh, i own the creep you know? or something so i parked a little bit away and he saw where my car was and he had a little phone hidden like in in his crotch area, like just holding it down low. And I saw him walk by it, you know, as I'm getting in the car, so he shoots a little, takes a little picture of my license plate. I was thinking, so anyways, of course, I know, take the time to look at his face. Anyways, I go online, you know, you can look everybody up now. And I looked up the name of the company and it was a, a, a husband wife organization. And it was the husband, he was walking around the parking lot, taking pictures of all the interviewees that's creepy. That, is that like weird? That. Man, another reason, I should start making a list of reasons why I don't own a gun. Because I would shoot him. That's just creepy. Very bizarre. Months later, maybe even six months later, you know, or a year later. I don't know when it was, but it was sometime after, you know, a thing on my internet dings. Hey, there's a job opening for marketing, blah, blah. I look at it. Sounds like something that I might be interested in. It's, it's almost like a repeat of it. So I set up an interview again and I go down there and I, you know, I don't check things sometimes as well as I should. It was the same place, but they had changed the name of the business just slightly enough. And I walk in the door and I'm like, oh my God, this is the same place. And, and a new girl at the desk and, but yet still filled with, I'm thinking, what's the racket? I don't get the racket. I don't, I didn't get it. And like some kind of racket's going on here. It sounds like where They're trying to get people in on a job interview. Take They are a marketing firm. So they maybe this is their marketing. I have no idea. It was very strange. And it was going on in Tempe, Arizona. Yeah. That, that does not improve its situation. <laughs> not and, that I have anything against Tempe. And thinking, but you should know, I tell somebody? We do have kind of sketchy stuff out here. Right. So they have these websites where you can go and, you know, say things about, you know, beware of this company. LinkedIn has Glassdoor. Yeah. And um, I went to, I couldn't find it on it. So I was like, oh, well, there's a dead end there. And I'm not willing to spend the time <laughs> okay. all the information in. So um, anyways, I thought that was a really strange, strange thing about how people spy on each other. I, I have no idea what they're up to. <laughs> I'm curious now, but not that curious. So just to make sure we've, we've closed the door on, the, on your wife. Oh, the she's car. alive. Oh, right. She's alive. And we did the whole insurance or accident case. It just keeps lingering on and on. So like hmm. like you said, it was two weeks ago, right? Oh, yeah. It was at least two or three weeks ago. Right. So she's just, she, just this morning, she's out there again, redoing the pictures oh. again to get this insurance claim going. So, you know, so we get the bumper basically fixed. Well, when, thankfully, when I... I you know, I don't live in Houston anymore, so people aren't smashing into me as quite as much. But uh, in the several accidents I had over in Houston, uh, they were all very quick as far as uh, the insurance. No problems. Yeah, I don't know. Going back to Chicago. We should get an insurance company to sponsor the show. They have some money. <laughs> 
A good one, though. <laughs> a good one. I don't care. It's an insurance company. Is there a good insurance company? Sure there are. Yeah. There's some great insurance companies out there. If you say so. I don't know. Do you have one? Um, I, I have mean, do you run it? It sounds like you run an insurance company. <laughs> Starting to defend them. Um, there is something. Again, I'm looking at the list now. I'm, Wait, I'm going to finish Chicago. I'm sorry. Oh, um, so okay. this weekend. Fine. I, we'll do you. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, James. So, so have, how have you been? You've been in Chicago. Uh, let's see. I've been to Chicago, but not really in Chicago. Well, I guess I was there for like a day or two a while ago. So you always hear about all the high crime rate and the murder rate. I have to tell you, every time I go to Chicago, I think this has got to be one of the best cities to visit. There are so many fun things to do. And I don't see the danger. And I'm one of those guys that has kind of got a knack for seeing, oh, all right, there's some shady business going on. And I'm not saying there's not some shady business going on. I'm just saying is that there's cops around everywhere. People are, I don't want to say overly friendly. And it could be just the communities I'm visiting. It might be that, you know, because crime usually occurs and it's not usually across the city. Usually there are hot spots. Well, my friend's bar is kind of, not the best area, but it's, he converted the bar into a really nice bar now it's, it serves the best scotches and whiskeys that you can get in chicago and most of the restaurants and bars around him coincidentally have also picked up and the community's kind of gotten nicer that's not coincidence the people you know it's gentrification well you know sometimes it just takes one person yeah that's and i think it could have been him because Maybe he put a whole new facade on put new signs up you know fix the bar up and next thing you know the restaurant next door a year later did the exact same thing and then it kind of went down the road so you're right Anyways, every time I go to Chicago, I have the very best time. Not and believe me, my friend's bar is obviously makes it a little bit better. It's a it's a pretty fun place to go. When when was it that he bought the bar and re- re- renovated it? I think he's had it for five years now, six years. Yeah, because you know it's timing too. I mean, if you if you go and do that into a neighborhood that is you know on a decline rather than on which the rise, he did, which uh, he did. He yeah, bought it, he bought it on at the bo- kind of at the bottom. Okay. During the recession. No, that well, that was five years ago. It was not the recession. The recession is now almost ten years ago. Oh, really? Yeah, it was two thousand. So then, well, whatever the case is, that neighborhood has definitely climbed up since it's. Oh yeah, well, that's what I'm saying. And maybe it probably would have been because that would have been well within the as as things were recovering and as people were actually moving into cities again. (laughs) Well, I love Chicago. It's it is such a great place to visit. There's so many fun things to do. They have great museums. The bars are fabulous, and and. So I went there for a wedding. Oh, okay. And this is, I, I'm, I'm interrupting you because this is interesting. I, didn't, I wasn't paying attention. It was my wife's friend. And I was like, okay, I'll go along, whatever. And this is, this is a while, like, you know, in the 90s maybe. I don't remember when it was. Um, and I remember we drive up to the church and we start walking into the church. I'm looking, and, and I finally like start paying attention. And I'm looking at the church like, wait a second, where are we? And it hits me, like, as we walk up to the church, this is a Frank Lloyd Wright church. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> wow. It's like, uh, wake up, James. <laughs> it's a great church. Um, I was a little bit envious. The Midwest and New England, you know, and even some parts of the South, in October is amazingly beautiful. And so um, one morning, you know, because I get up fairly early, it's pretty quiet at the house that we're staying at. And my wife says hey honey guess what it's snowy outside 
I walk outside and there's all these amazing, beautiful colored leaves, you know, the reds, the yellows, orange, all everything you typically would expect. Is this when you were in Chicago? Yeah, just okay. like three days ago. And the snow is gently coming down and they're monstrous flakes. I've never seen, they mm-hmm. were like, they're like almost the size of, I don't know, like my thumb, yeah, half my thumb. That's wet snow. Whatever it was, it was awesome. Yes, yeah, because uh, it's not, it's still pretty warm. So as the flakes yes. come down, and they're they're kind of wet and they, they glom together. Yeah, it was so cool. I've never heard of that term before. It was so cool. And we just, I said, they have a dog. Oh, let me take your dog for a walk. So we took the dog for a walk and it's it's almost like enchanting. Because when you're from the Southwest area, because I live in California, Arizona, and some other places out here, you just don't really get that. I mean, you can go up north a little bit, but it's just not the same because we have so many evergreens. Mm-hmm. Well, the, the snow is it can be very beautiful, uh, and I do miss it sometimes. You know, when when you've got even just a few inches of everything being covered in white. Yeah, yeah. And you walk out, and it's a totally different world because the sound is all completely muted. Yes. It's like silent. Um, but you pay for it, and I and I you know the 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 cost is too high. Having to shovel snow and crack oh, ice, right. and and then uh, the last winter we were there it was 2010. I think it was 2010. It was just a terrible winter, and you know, I would spend like an hour shoveling the drive and the, and the well, walkway right, because... and picking out the ice, and then two days later, I'd have to do it all over again. <laughs> You're right, because I'm walking back with the dog. My wife and I were like, "Oh my god, that was so amazing to walk." We walk in the door, and <laughs> my friend's family's like, "Foul language! Can't believe it's snowing outside." They're so upset. Luckily, it warmed up, and <laughs> they were like relieved. Yeah, that it was going to be gone because they didn't want to deal with all the things that you well just... you can tell when it comes down like that that it wet snow it only happens in warmer weather so you know you're not going to get it too hard yeah well they were just glad it wasn't going to keep snowing all day it can be beautiful and if you're a kid and you don't have to deal with the, the consequences of it uh, see here's the thing it's good stuff when when is it james when is the point where you're like oh i'm so excited about snowing to this is terrible. <laughs> this is bad news. When you have to go buy a shovel, that's when it happens. So when, it's basically when the kid's old enough to shovel. Well, even if you're still in school and you're shoveling, it's like, well, okay, I can spend an hour shoveling or, you know, eight hours in school. Oh, well, not eight hours, but. Oh, I see what you're saying. Snow days. There's, but, you know, if you're an adult and you, and you get up and you realize you have an hour worth of shoveling to do before you drive to work. Oh, right. Oh, right, right, right. <laughs> Well, with climate warming, people won't have to worry about that very much longer. <laughs> yeah, that's something to look forward to. I won't have jobs or places to live, but, you know, it's all right. I've been reading, uh, uh, going up top. Why are you reading? I don't know why I read. <laughs> that sounds like a bad idea. You know, I, I mostly read magazines. I don't mm-hmm. know if anybody else in the world reads magazines. They're fairly respectable magazines like Smithsonian, National Geographic. Oh, that's nice. And I don't know where I read this, but a lot of the areas in the northern regions of the United States where farming was a pretty short season is been longer and more plentiful. Mm-hmm. And those areas are actually doing As long as they don't turn into good. deserts. As long as what? They don't turn into deserts, like a dust bowl. Well, we're so good as, about irrigation the, now. Do you well, think that'll the ever climate happen? changes. Yeah, if you don't have, if it doesn't rain though, there's no irrigation. Do you know this area in California where they built this canal? Some kind of a dam. And the dam broke and now they have a permanent salt Lake. Oh, I, is that is that what caused it? I, know, I, there, I remember there's a famous salt lake that's drying up, and it, it was this famous place in the middle of the California desert, which you know, I, I think it was a man-made lake, and and so it 
but it was it was it was a beautiful area and, and it, it blew up overnight and not blew up literally but you know people were really interested in it they were started building homes and then it started evaporating and it's you know became overly salinated and now it's a ghost town what's the name of that place? I don't remember. we gotta we gotta find out but talking about California uh, do you do you remember uh, Meg Whitman no she was uh, the CEO of eBay and oh, oh yeah HP. okay she has. She is basically she's a one-hit wonder because eBay was success, was a success, but everything else she's touched basically has failed or oh, she's made okay. worse. Uh, but the funny thing about her with California, she ran for governor of California against oh, what was his name, the bald guy. Do you remember the bald? You Cal- and I are terrible at names. Oh, you you lived in California. You should remember him. He was a two. He was he was a, a governor, who was like a governor. I don't remember in the seventies or eighties, and then oh, no, again, no, I lived in Arizona back then, and, and it, I was in well. Boston, I know, but he was, was again. He was again the governor in like the two thousand. Oh, Brown. Brown. Yes. Okay. So the funny yeah, yeah. thing. The funniest the, thing. The about, youngest. The youngest and the oldest <laughs> of all of California. Yeah. He took pretty, a twenty years you know, hiatus. Uh, <laughs> the funniest thing. I, when Meg was run, running against him in the in her campaign, she says, "You know." I remember 20 years ago when I moved to California and things were so much better. Let's make it better again. And Brown came out and said, you know, they were really good 20 years ago. That's when I was governor. <laughs> Jerry. Jerry Brown. That was the funniest thing. But no, I, I bring her up because, uh, you know, Quibbly? Oh, yeah, of course. Oh, you, Quibbly is that ill-fated uh, video streaming service that they, they tried to launch. I, I didn't realize. You don't think it's going to survive? Is it already dead? Oh, it's already dead. Well, I still get a subscription where they send Uh-oh. me little updates still. Well, she may want to pull your credit card. <laughs> uh, so I, I've been... I thought it was I've a good been, idea, though, been, didn't you? I, no. <laughs> because I don't. I hadn't been following it too closely, but the, the people I trust and who write about technology were very suspicious of it. And so I was kind of suspicious of it. And I didn't think it was going to go anywhere. And sure enough, last week, they, they pulled the plug. And oh. that it wasn't until then that I saw, oh, Meg, Whit- uh, Meg Whitman was running. It's like, oh, she, she doesn't have any taste. What is she doing running? Okay, okay just go to a side story. A but lot I'm, of these companies that come up with new ideas flop, but they actually were really good ideas. Here's the problem. You, there was no talent on the board that suggested they had any idea what they would be doing as far as creating content like that. You need someone on the board that has taste. Meg is not that person, and, oh, right. and like she's I can see that. every time, except for eBay, and I think eBay was strong enough to to get along without her. She's she's not done well for the company she's been in. So it's like everything she touches kind of turns turns sour. I like, like HP the whole... was so much more interesting before she came on board, and then she sold off all the stuff that was interesting, like the printers. I think she sold off the printer. <laughs> I think she sold off the printer division and well, killed. Go, I want to go back to. I, I've got a thing in. I got I got knives out for her. Oh, I see. Well, the thing is with this whole idea of ten minute shorts, in a, in a world that's got such a short attention span, and you got people like my my youngest son who loves watching YouTube videos, but he never watches the long ones. He only watches the short little ones. You know, like the gag, and they show like six gags in a row, and they're like five minutes long at max before he moves on to the next thing. I thought here they got a whole area where people can go and just be entertained and just walk away whenever they want because it's only 10 minutes. Right. That makes sense. But then you have to look at the details and how they implement it. And first there's a subscription, which not everybody is really wants to get, get up for another subscription right now. And their ad revenue, mo- their ad mo- from their ads wasn't cutting it. So they basically didn't have 
a strategy for making money. It, it may have been, you know, it's not a bad idea. I mean, you want to talk about successful short short form video? What would be the word that comes to mind? I don't know. For me, YouTube. TikTok. Oh, TikTok. Well, that's even shorter. Uh, the, th- the thing is with this whole idea that was count, it, count out TikTok, TikTok. Yeah. Well, that's a whole massive discussion <laughs> with trying to get involved, and then they selling the company. <laughs> Well, yeah. Didn't we talk? You about don't think that there's going to be no, the problem with that in the company? They didn't give it away for free. They should have gave it. A, got people hooked. Given what away for free? Free subscriptions for the first year. Quibbly? Yeah. Oh, you, you know that's not uncommon though. You, it was. I thought it was three months. Uh, everybody gives three month uh, free. I know, but I'm saying they should just give it the whole thing away for free. Just everybody. It's like here it is. Take it. Take it all you want. Like YouTube did. Yeah, the but then how do you make money? Patience. <laughs> I mean, do you remember Twitter? Twitter for years when it first started was making no money, but they stocks kept going is it, up. Is it making money now? I don't know. Can you? I, I'm not going to look it up. I'm but, not either. Because <laughs> I th- well, they make they must be making money because the whole ad thing that they, they keep changing the formats where the, you have what they call promoted tweets, right? And those are constantly they're selling they're up. selling ads. It doesn't mean they're making and money though. Too many. The ads are actually interesting. You know what I'm saying? They're not like. Oh relevant. my God, this is so lame. Well, and you just like get past it. Some it might them, catch your attention. Some of them are more relevant. I, I do I do, I do, do appreciate that I do see some movie trailers on Twitter. Yeah. Because otherwise I don't know what the hell is going on in the movie theaters. This, yeah, is, this, is, one of, this is one of the things that makes you an old man. It's like your son will name like three movies that are current. <laughs> and you say, I don't know that. Where you'll take a Twitter poll and it'll ask you about which of these three movies do you think you'll watch? He's like, I haven't heard in any of these movies. What are you talking about? Well, I hear what you're saying because so I'm in Chicago and my friend. No, gets, you're you're in Phoenix now. I know, but I was I in know, Chicago and we just wanted to chill out one night, you know. So my buddy and I go, well, okay, let's go watch a movie. There's been so many movies in the last year. We haven't seen hardly any of them. Let's just sit down and see what we. What can the hell is in the theaters now? Remember when we were kids? Every Halloween, some kick-ass scary movie came out. <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> there's nothing like that. I mean, oh, but they got witches or something like recycling old crap. And I'm like, I mean, remember all the, for one, all the Halloween movies. Yeah, oh God. You know, and then you had Friday the 13th movies. Mm-hmm. You had. Jason, was that Jason? I don't Jason, remember. Jason, and then you, Fred, you know. Freddy, Freddy Krueger. Yeah, Freddy. Nightmare on Elm Street. Yes, and then you had, uh, I mean, they were just awesome. And then now you got these scary movies and they're not scary <laughs> or they're just recycled crap nothing well, real new may, has come out see, uh, this is a genre that i'm generally not interested in i'm not interested in either but it you know like i like to are. see whatever the hottest movie is but but uh, you know it might be the thing that you've seen it all before so what you know what and else are they going to show you that's funny because that's exactly i was talking, that's exactly what i was talking about the other day is at some point in your life you you feel like you've seen every plot so when a movie does come out and you're like Oh wow, that really—I didn't see that coming. You think it's the greatest film on the planet, and everybody's like, "Just because you didn't see it coming, that just means you're an idiot." Because <laughs> we knew it was coming. I wish this thing would stop digging. Well, rent. you could do that. You could turn your notifications off, or yeah. or smash it against the ground, or leave it in the car. I'm going to. Don't worry about it. Um, we were talking about Chicago. And yeah, I can't remember where I, I was going. How do we get out of the Mexican Chicago, restaurant though. thing? <laughs> okay, so before we we started the show, I, I tell James, I say, James, we had had a half a bottle of wine. We had you had, didn't mention the half bottle of wine. We had had a half bottle of wine. 
And that moved into uh, whiskey. So I had a couple glasses of nicer whiskeys. When you say glasses, shot glasses? No, you know, whiskey glasses. Okay, know, whiskey glasses. Yeah, but filled up halfway. One or two ounces, maybe three ounces tops. I don't know. I don't keep track. Oh, of that stuff. okay. You know, because you know, you're supposed to let the the whiskey. See, I know things. Two you're fingers. Supposed to let them, you're supposed to let it breathe. So you. you right, get, right, right. So plus, uh, it's when, very strong. When I drink with my friend, we usually pour it about two fingers high. You know. Okay, we, so that's not full. You're not putting it to the brim. No, no. Good job on silencing. Don't worry about it. You <laughs> know what? It's it's, it's a nice sound. I like it. <laughs> so it's two fingers high. You let it breathe. And Sorry, then we, I didn't catch that. <laughs> <laughs> repeated. You suck. That's not nice. <laughs> oh, God. Old people laughing at technology. I tried to turn my phone off, and it won't, it won't turn off. It, like, it hates me or it loves me. I don't know which one. Yeah, it's the phone's problem. <laughs> Do you know how to turn off the phone? <laughs> Do you not know how you, you trying to turn it off now? Okay, so why is it when you try to turn your phone off, it says... Would you like, is this an SOS situation? Oh, what's the shortcut? It's one of the shortcuts. I don't have an iPhone, so I don't know. But my phone isn't really nice. So I just, all I have to do is turn it on. Oh, you can't see it because it's too dark. Let me move it up. I pull down from the top of the screen and uh, where is it? Oh, there it is. I just put it on uh, mute. Oh, right. And it, it automatically, and I, I've set it so that it, it lasts for 45 minutes. Oh, you can set it. So the well, I can because okay. I have an Android Because you're clever. So where was I at? Two fingers high. Oh, and so then after that, you know, I'm getting older, so I started to get a little tired. So then we, I moved to, to Coke and Rums, and I I'm, had a few of those. I'm shaking my head. And you thought that was a little excessive. Well, I think there, you went beyond that, though, because you said that you, in between something else, then you went to the, the, the what was it, the, the right. something in Coke. Right, and, and it's true. I did have... And you also, When you come from where I come from... Oh, Yeah. When you remember the way I remember. Uh, drinks with any kind of a caffeine in it, right? Like Coke or Pepsi if you're a Pepsi guy. But is they, they can even though you can keep on drinking the alcohol and not fall asleep. It's like the drunk you give coffee to so that you wake him up so he can be awake and drunk. Anyways, I grew up. I grew up with alcohol, not alcohol everywhere. My dad never drank in front of me, and I don't drink in front of my kids. But when people would come over, you know, you he would drink, and and so growing up to an adults, I've ended up just carrying on the tradition. I don't drink in front of the kids ever unless there's company over. And then when they were little, I would never drink till after eight o'clock, so the kids never saw me because uh, for me it's like ah, oh, kids got to go to bed at eight o'clock. Really good about putting them to sleep because it was good for them and good for me. So. <laughs> So eight o'clock used to be the cutoff. So that's no longer the cutoff. No, so now when right. do you start? Do you start now? Should I be adding? I can pull some whiskey out if you want. <laughs> well, that's a nice thing about visiting uh, uh, friends. It's acceptable to drink in the morning. <laughs> so yes, sometimes <laughs> at night I wouldn't finish my whiskey, so I'd wake up in the morning and just throw it in the coffee. Okay. It's not like you do it every day. You know, I do the same thing. Sometimes I don't finish my coffee in the morning and I just put it in my milk for lunch. <laughs> it's exactly the same thing, right? And again, I don't drink, I, I don't not drink for any particular religious reason? or reason. It's just I never developed a taste for it and uh, it seems silly. It seems like an expensive habit. It is, and I'm not a big wine drinker, but um, 
for whatever reason, this weekend, it was all about bringing out nice wine. So I'm like, well, I'll have a little taste. You know, and I, I don't want to be the only guy not drinking the wine while everybody else is. So I go ahead. That would be weird. If you said, hey, let's, let me, if you started pulling out your friend's good wine bottles, hey, this looks like a good bottle, and, and you were the only one drinking it, that would be kind of weird. <laughs> no, he was pulling out the nice wines. And, good luck you know, doing I always that take here, a though. sip of my wife's wine and say, oh, okay, that, yeah, that's nice. I, I'm not really good at knowing what's good and what's not good. Oh, there is. Oh. And I and I know so, there's some real snobs out there, but there are. I have had bad wine. Where I'm like, oh, oh no, my no, God, I'm no, not drinking yeah, it. Yeah, okay. But here's the thing: having done the research, having you know, I designed wine glasses, and I did the research to understand what makes good wine and blah, all this other nonsense. Um, the secret is it is really mostly nonsense, and you your perception of how good the wine is is mostly based on the, the uh, environment you're in. If you're in a good environment and you're ha- having fun, the wine tastes good. If you're in a bad environment and you're unhappy or whatever, the wine tastes bad. Now, there, that's not to wine say that makes you gag. Like there it, is, no, like no, it. I know. I mean, there is good and bad wine, but for most people, they can't tell the difference. Well, I have a, you know, I have a kind of a big nose, so and I can smell stuff. You think so? But and there, and again, this, this, there's a caveat where there are some. You know what a super taster is? I do. Okay, super taster is someone who has an unusual number of taste buds. They can actually taste things that the rest of us can't. So the super tasters can taste wine, but most of us, well, not me because I don't drink wine, but most people can't tell the difference. And it's been shown in studies. There was this great study uh, that they did, a blind study, where they they took white wine and they had a bunch of people, uh, I think this was um, wine, people who wrote about wine. So these aren't uh, sommeliers or anything like this. These are just people who write, write about wine for a living. And they gave them the white wine, and and they said, oh yeah, and they used all the normal descriptors for what a white wine should be. They took the same white wine, put red food coloring in it, gave gave them the the white wine with red food coloring in it, and the descriptions they got were all the normal descriptions you'd get for red wine. Because it was a snob thing. It's, but you know, you can't. I, I can taste the difference. Okay, so I was in. I, I have a friend who's a chef. And that, that is one of many stories that I came across <laughs> when I was doing my research. It was it was shocking how little you, people actually taste their wine, like the actual act of tasting it. Well, there are things that different people taste. I know. This, okay, so I have a friend who's a chef, and him and I, I, I was never a chef, but I was a cook for a short time in my early twenties. I mean, a cook. You know, just literally worked in the back room. But I, I, you know, after a couple of years, I worked my way up to the front and, you know, you, you, there's a knack for doing stuff right and doing stuff right, wrong. And so, for example, is like when I cook, I know you're supposed to have a timer and I put the timer on and whatnot and you get the thermometer and you check the temperature on. But I can smell food when it's ready. Oh, that's good. Like, I, like, I'm like, guys, we got, it. I, I know we not have five more minutes, but we got to pull that out. It does, it's ready now. And I'm almost right nearly every single time. And so I was talking to my chef friend about this and then we were talking about taste and a similar conversation we're having now. And he says, well, hold on a second. So he goes to his house and he comes back with this little tin and he's got this little paper on it. And, and there's a whole bunch of little paper. He says, taste this. And I put it in my mouth and it was wretched. I don't, Ugh. I don't know what, uh, I'm not sure what battery acid tastes <laughs> like, but I would imagine this is what it tastes like. That surprises me a little bit about you. I thought you would know what battery acid tastes like. <laughs> of anyone I know. Well, if I didn't know, I'm not going to confess. Okay. That seems <laughs> so fair. then he took the little piece of paper and with, with the family and his family around and we all tasted it and nobody could taste it. Huh. Him and I were the only ones you, who could taste this are you battery super, acid. Are you a super taster? I don't know what it means. I'm just saying is that I just told you what he it meant. said. 
two months ago. I said, ago. yes, I've heard of these people. And he, he didn't call it a super taster. He said, there's certain people only, I think he said only like seven or 8% of the population can taste this. That sounds about right. So when you're tasting food, you're not tasting what everybody else is tasting. Yeah. And so, and I've noticed that with my nose as well. So like I'll smell something, like I'll smell a dish. And if I love that dish, I can usually go home and replicate it pretty close just from tasting and smelling it. I go, okay, that had oregano in it, that had basil, that had whatever it had in it. I can replicate it. And then by the second time I prepared it, I can pretty much nail it. That's funny because I can barely, I mean, I can usually taste flavors, but I don't even remember what they are. Uh, super t- you're a super taster because you can make oh. food that you've only tasted, which is right, so, insane to me. I am such a bad cook. So yeah. a few years ago, um, I had met this girl a lot of years ago. I met this gal in, in college and she had this nose, this incredible nose where I could walk into her apartment and she could tell me who I was with huh. earlier. The people, everything, especially if it was another gal and she wore purple, <laughs> <laughs> which can be very embarrassing trying to explain that situation because I don't really lie. And so I would not deny it, but I had to explain the situation. <laughs> Creatively. And I, over, you know, over the time of hanging out with her, I noticed that you know, obviously she had an amazing nose, but I also had not as good as her, but I could smell things that I didn't realize not everybody could smell. And now as, as an adult with a family and living with lots of people permanently, I will say, Oh my God, you guys smell that. And everybody in the room is like, <laughs> no. <laughs> and then they, they say I have um, phantom smells, but they're not because I know that I can, it happens to me all the time. I smell things. Uh, and I mean, I'm, I'm not one to always believe everything you say, but this seems like a phantom. I don't, I've never heard anyone say phantom smell before. And if you smell something, it's more likely that you're smelling it and someone else isn't. That's my, my take. Cause I know we, we all have different variations in our, our ability, our different senses, right? Right. So if someone tells me they smell something, I, I'm generally going to believe them. I don't, unless, unless I know they're psychotic. Well, I guess for you, <laughs> Okay, I'm on the fence on that one now with you. Because about a, about a year ago, and I think I've told you this, but I'll just for the audience, <laughs> I'll repeat. A big electric company and cyber oh. company moved in not too far from my house. And they are building like some crazy stuff over there. Huge walls so you can't see. We're talking two dozen monsters air conditioning units that are the size of a semi-truck. You know, just huge things. I started smelling like a metallic smell at her house. And sometimes I don't smell it. Sometimes sometimes I do. And but it gets to be annoying after a while, mm-hmm. you know. And then I'll leave, like coming over here to do our recording. And I don't smell it. But then when I go back home, I'll smell it again. And they're like, ah, phantom smell. But I only smell it once in a while. And then the reason they call it phantom smell, because once I was in California, in L.A., and we're not too far from the beach. You guys smell that? And they're like, smell what? The, me- the metallic smell that's like, a, and you know, metal has no smell. Uh, right? Probably no smell. Well, ask me about tasting metal. But um, I was going to say that the metallic smell, is. do you think it might be ozone? Oh. Because I think ozone, I don't remember. I think ozone well, kind of has, ozone, only ozone is created by um, some types of electrical connectivity stuff or I don't know, arcing or something. I think I think it's caused by arcing 
I think arcing electric electricity generates ozone. Right. Like uh, oh yeah, like when you see electricity hop from one piece of copper. Yeah. Or, there's that smell. Yeah. Is that it? Because because um, oh. if you have a, some you know some I don't know if it's high power electric equipment or unique unique electric equipment, but if you have a lot of electrical equipment or or they're just like a trans a transformer or something, it might be generating ozone. So, well, you know, you if you've that, got that weird... You ever notice new electronics have like a u- unique smell when you first turn them on or the first time they get hot? That's like a yeah, smell to it. That's like I, the I oil though, right? That's probably... I don't know what exactly what you're talking about, but yeah, it's probably uh, the residue... My guess would be it's residue from the manufacturing process right. that's burning off. Not, not <laughs> Nothing in the battery. Just um, off-gassing. I'm going to, I'm going to look into that. Ozone smell. <laughs> All right. Anyway, so. Ozone, ozone, if I'm not mistaken, ozone is O3. So it's three, uh, 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 oxygen molecules, which is bad because it's very corrosive. So you don't want to get too close to it. So it's bad that it's, it's bad. Yeah. You don't want it. Yeah. We want it in the air. We want, we want an ozone layer, but we don't want it ground, ground level ozone is bad. Vaguely remember, I used to be much smarter when I was younger. Uh, I, I think it has to do, like, uh, manufacturing facilities will generate more ozone because they, you know, it's heavy equipment that's being... Well, that would explain it because the... Well, that's what I was trying to get at. If, if this, this mystery tenant that's moved in next door, uh, <laughs> it has a lot of, you know... If they're running a Stargate, for instance, it could, that could be it. Well, let's just say this. I'm a nerd, Two so I get that ago, reference. We had these small little wooden power lines you know the mm-hmm. power lines go right and now we have these monstrosity poles going up Steel. and i saw them putting the cables in and the cables were the the strand of them were like as wide as my arm from my shoulder to my fingertips mm-hmm. and i saw them putting those under the ground mm-hmm. and heading toward this old uh honeywell facility that had been closed for about two years and i thought my god what are they putting in there <laughs> Well, maybe they're making drones for the military, or maybe they're flying drones. Yeah, I don't know. Because they do that up in uh, Las Vegas, I think, is where a lot of the drones are flown out of. Oh, that be interesting. Well, James, I'm out of coffee again. <laughs> Tough. Uh, James, thanks for talking with me today, and I'll see you next week. Was it more tiring today or something? Maybe I was just tired. I don't know. Uh I was really tired because of my Chicago trip, so I actually slept in a little bit today, if you count 6.45 sleeping in, (laughs) and so I feel very rested. Okay, that's good. (laughs) Well, I'll try to rest up for next week. See you next week. Bye-bye. Don't you see me? Take a boo. Don't you feel me? It's morning dew. All I want is a cup. Yes. A very large cup. Yes. In my hand. Yes. A large cup. Hot. Warm. Oh. Cup. It's not tea. And it must be Duck Duck Brown. Oh, it's made from Duck Brown. Make it hot, make it hot, make it very, very hot. Coffee.